everybody. Welcome to episode number 53 as they start clicking along now of After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall and I am uh, I'm excited. Frank and this is Frank Zuli, everybody. I'm pretty excited to uh, to have my first engine builder on the show. Um, and am I saying am I is the last name that I pronounce it even close to right? Yeah, it's correct. Zuli. Zuli. Nice. Yep. So um, uh, welcome to the show, Frank. How the heck are you? Good. You? I am very well. I'm. I was about to say there. This show is all about the personalities surrounding dirt track racing, and 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 you know whether it's a driver. Obviously, lots and lots of drivers, and I've had promoters and flagmen and other announcers, and um, I've never had an engine builder on. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on as an engine builder. So. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. We'll see how how the conversation goes, and we'll go yeah, from there. Right. I guess. Yeah, I, I I bet you're one of those guys that's way more comfortable in the garage by yourself with just you and a a Chevy 350 block and and not with any cameras on you. Yeah, probably so. It's you know I'm a one man show. I got to answer the phone, and order the parts, and do all the machine work and get it done. That's all right. So so tell us about that. Is that so your your job at your the way you pay the mortgage and buy groceries is building engines? Yep. Okay. Yep. 24 seven, you know, that's all I do is build it's, engines. It's not like you're you're you work somewhere else and then come home and build engines in the evening kind of thing. This is this is the career. This is the career. I went to yeah. school for it in 91, 92 at uh, in the cities. And then I started at an Apple store and I didn't really think I was going anywhere from there. So then I uh, found out Harlan Breeshko needed help. And he's, uh, if you're familiar with that name, he- Yeah, I've heard that Eric, Eric Breeshko and used to race the 66 late model and Dan Ebert drives his late model. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I worked with him from 96 to 03. And then in 03, he left um, the dealership. We were working at Hope Motors in Cocado, Minnesota. Okay, yep. And then- so then I took it over by myself and then in 09, the economy crashed and Greg Holt says, well, we don't need the machine shop anymore. And I said, well, so we got tons of work to do. And he's like, I got to get you off the payroll. So then he said, well, just lease it from me. So that's how Zuli's Automotive Machine Shop came about. So are you at the Holt dealership then or no? No, no. Okay. And then exactly 10 years later, he tells me I need the space. So you're going to have to move. So then I moved to Hutchison where I'm at now and we own the building now and so right. no one can kick, <laughs> no one can kick me out anymore. No one's kicking me out anymore. I like that. Yeah, no. Control of the whole process now. So. Right. And then. So, so you, this I, is a long time you've been doing this. Oh yeah. Yep. Like that's like I said, 30, 30 years or so. Yep. I started yeah. doing it. You know, I graduated high school in 90 and I went right to Votech and did it and been doing it ever since. So that's awesome. Like you don't you don't hear guys doing something that long. Obviously, there's a passion and a love for it then, huh? Yeah, well, it's I actually raced the street stock back in 2000 from 2000 to 2007, I believe. OK. And Harlan, you know, he was racing the whole time I started working up there. So I went to the races with him a little bit. So maybe that's how I got hooked into that. I did some, I did some other, you know, off-roading with old Ford Broncos and stuff like that and built some good motors for them and yeah. <laughs> did stuff like that. But it was just always so boring. And 
racing was more of, you know, on the go and keep going fast and fast. And then I got married and then, I don't know, I started helping a few people. And I think uh, how I started getting popular was uh, like Trent Greger and Billy Christ. Those guys were some of my first circle track customers. And like, I built Jordan Tuggleson, his street stock motor when he, he won rookie of the year. Yep. And then I remember that that was a bit ago. Yeah. Quite a while ago. And then yeah. it just keeps on expanding from there. And I had talked to Parker a couple of years ago or maybe a year and a half ago, or I don't know, maybe it was two years ago and he was running the Tim's, Tim's motor and he wasn't really pleased with it. And um, then they finally brought it over and I fixed it and took off from there. Nice. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's okay. Yeah. He's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's talking to Parker Anderson is who he's talking about. The, the runaway wasn't even close to the national champion. I guess it's weird the way the points work. The, the points make it look a lot closer than what it really was. Like he was so dominant this year. Right. And, uh, and when you're running Frank's bullet, obviously that, that looks good on you as well. It does. We, uh, this was the, this was the first year we ever kept track to how many wins my engines got. And it's in the one sixties. I don't know the exact number, but that is, awesome. a, and that's like feature wins. Yeah. Feature wins. That is awesome. Cause he was yeah. only 30, whatever, 34, or 35 of them. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right around there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got only 35 wins. Yeah. Yeah. Only. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think the last couple of uh, street guy, street suck uh, guys have won that many wins. I know Vogel was in the one upper upper twenties when he won it in twenty eighteen. So yeah, this is that this is actually our second street stock national champion title. And who was Justin the first one, or who was your? Yeah, first Justin one? was the first one. Justin. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then then Justin's got second the last three years in a row. So yeah, yeah. or two years, whatever. But yeah, he's. He's always there. He's just Parker. Just he just took off and he magical was, this year. And a lot yeah. of luck, obviously, as well too. Like you know, to to win as much as he did, you've got to be really, really good. But you've got to have a little luck on your side too to to start up front when you need to start up front and be able to get through the pack when you need to get through the pack. And and there's to have that to have any kind of championship season like that, you better have a little luck on your side as well. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, for anything, sure. you know, his, his luck started to run out, you know, at the little dream, but he, you think, he you know, I yeah, don't know if that was luck that ran out or just an asshole driver is like, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I watched that thing and I was like screaming at the damn computer. Like, oh, yeah. what is that? Yeah. We, I don't, I can't believe, I don't know what the deal was there. If, I don't know. I don't want to say too much, but something, something had to be rigged for him to be able to stay out there and do that. It was, yeah, I, it was, I don't know. It was the, the last three, four or five laps of that race was crazy. I mean, like, honestly, the craziest four or five laps that I've seen in racing in a long, long time. So right. I don't know, pretty nuts, but off that subject so that we don't get ourselves in trouble, I guess, but uh, right. <laughs> So take us, Frank, because I am, I, I mean, I know how an engine works and, you know, all of the, the, the basic, basic part of how an engine works, but building horsepower, building torque, building reliability, all of that kind of stuff. 
I don't know anything about that. And I would imagine most people watching this are going to be in the same boat that I'm in versus the boat you're in. And so tell us, like, when do you start with like, a, you go to the junkyard and get a block or are your blocks special Zuli blocks that you make or the heads? Like, tell us about the whole process of what, what are your raw materials? What do you start with? And then, and then what, what is the like time commitment, that kind of a thing in building a motor? So we start with a junkyard block where if the customer brings me a core, I use that, tear it all down, make sure the block's good. And then first thing we do is you know, make sure there's no cracks. And then we, we, we line hone the main bores. Okay. And then I put it in another machine and I, I deck it and bore it in the same machine get all those specs up and then I stick it in another machine and I hone, hone the cylinders with torque plates and get them all trued up. And then while the torque plates are on, I still file fit the rings and then it's ready to start assembling the block basically. And, and then the cylinder heads, you know, we got to use whatever the rules say. We got to either use a stock head or a EQ head or a dart head. Just depends on which class I'm building a motor for. Yeah, yeah, what class you're building for. Yeah, and then the intakes the same way. We're either running a cast intake or we can run a Edelbrock uh, intake manifold on the concept motors. And we'll see what the rules do this fall in a couple oh, of weeks. If, yeah. if they, you know, they should really, they need to get up to date with the times because if they would look at the IMCA rules, they're, they're, they're above the Wasota rules. You know, they got aluminum intakes, they got roller rockers. They, they got a rod length choice on some of the classes. So and are, I don't know. Do those things, just, just to play devil's advocate, are, are those things, do they, is it, is there way a lot of extra cost to, to have those things in an engine? Um, not a lot because the, like if they, had, if they would allow roller rockers, the rocker arms will outlast the factory rocker arms. So it makes but, it, it might be a little more cost up front, but then your durability goes way up. Yes, it will, it'll, oh, you know, you could, you should be able to get you know, 200 shows out of a set of roller rockers versus uh, nowadays with the metal, sometimes those rocker arms make it 30 nights, sometimes it makes it 60. It just, some of it depends on the driver and how they drive. Right. Like I have some customers, some customers never break them and some break them all the time yeah they break yeah depends on if there's if they're a finesse driver or a hammer down driver i suppose well, probably depends it, on the track that they race a lot you know if they're on a big long track or if they're on a shorter track or something too i suppose no it just it's something to do with their throttle control i believe or something because i've you know i build a lot of motors so i've got some guys with certain programs some guys with other programs and so the same, same, say the same, same four guys have the same program. One guy breaks them and the other guys don't break any. So yeah. it's, it's gotta be, can't just be a fluke part. It's gotta be something. Right. right. Yeah. No, I think your, your logic there makes perfect sense that if everything yeah, is I, the same and one's different, then that's. Yeah. I, st I study it pretty close. I, I watch, you know, I don't, I just don't have one engine that fits everybody. I kind of do what I want, what I see best and what the tracks are they're racing the most at and sure. decide. And I've tested a lot of stuff on the dyno. So 
we get we get them figured out and obviously the results show it yeah for damn sure so so that's a that's a great this is this question wasn't written down but it, it's a great follow-up question to what you just said is there can, you can build an engine to be you're only going to race one time i can build you this monster horsepower but you're you're only it's not going to be 30 shows it's going to be 30 laps versus a car an, an engine that's going to last 200 shows like you can build all that in right like monster horsepower, monster torque and but short reliability is that yeah it would last more than one night but yeah if you if you go too radical on a few parts it's you're going to push the envelope and something's going to break. Yeah. So we don't sooner than it normally would. Yeah. We don't in Wasota, we don't have the best of the best parts in them. It would cost too much, but they need to improve a few things. But uh, for the most, you know, most of the motors, they last quite a long time. As long as, you know, the biggest killer to any motor is dirt, heat, you know, Makes sense. maintenance keeping the dirt out of the, you know, if the carburetor is full of dirt, it's, it's going in the motor. The engine is also full of dirt too. Yeah. 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 I've, I've taken oil pans off and it's like, Oh, you must run on red clay because the oil pans got red in the bottom of it. <laughs> oh, that's no bueno. That's there's, I guess you don't yeah. have to hone the cylinder then because it's getting honed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Your displacement's way bigger than everyone else's, but your piston's flopping around in there. So, um, so obviously we we kind of talked about where you start in that sort of stuff as far as, you know, you start with a junkyard block or, or if somebody brings their own kind of stuff to you. So is there, I guess, does it matter which class you're building? And, and I, that's a good question too. Do you build for all of the different classes from modified or late model all the way down to, to, I mean, is streeter that the I'm going to say the smallest class that you build for? No, I I'll do the, you know, North Dakota they call them bombers. Okay, like a pure so stock kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, basically a pure stock, and the pure stock is in Wasota. It's just that 305 class, so that's the smallest motor. I don't, you know, I have done some mod four motors, but I don't, I don't specialize in those, and I don't really I want to work on them very much yeah i'll help maybe one one or two guys a year if i have to but i don't i don't throw it out there that yeah i specialize in them okay okay it's, i don't i let you know they actually take as long as a v8 to build a four cylinder just the you can spend a day on that cylinder head wow. so that's that's awesome but I, I and, you know i build a lot I build a lot of street stocks, B mods and supers. I'm just getting into building mods. And I did have one late model motor in the shop, but I don't I don't have those clients yet. So Okay. And is there from a cost point of view, like we are, you know, as the layman guy that's just sitting in the grandstands as a spectator, you hear all of these numbers that I I assume that are made up. So we're gonna just ask the horse, you being the horse, you're the horse's mouth in this case. The expert is, is there like, are there 35, $40,000 motors? Is that, is that a thing? In a late model probably. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. like, what is, if I wanted a super stock motor and I want, 
Because I assume there's like I can get you can be in the race or you can win the race, and those are probably two different motors. I would assume, right? Well, yes and no, but you know you can spend nine thousand on a super, and you can spend probably fourteen to fifteen on a super. It just depends on how many accessories and how how trick of parts you want inside. You can buy the you know you can buy valves that cost you know six seven hundred bucks a set. You know, if you want the lightest and the best stuff, but it's just both motors will win. It comes down to it comes down to how the customer uses the power too, and the the power has to be right. Just because it puts out, you know, if you built the super stock motor that built 450 horse, is it going to work? Well, I doubt it. It's probably not going to be user friendly. So it isn't always about the huge numbers. Yeah. It'll be peak is like it because it would be like if it's an all or nothing motor and there's no mid range, then then you're just going to be either off of it or spinning. Is that kind of what you're saying there? Yeah, you're going to it's just going to blow the tires off. It's going to be harder to hook it up. Yeah. You know, it's you have to. I like I said, I study the tr I study my customers and I know where the dice and yeah, yeah, I know I know what the dyno sheets are. You got to tweak stuff to make them win. They're just not, you just can't give everyone the same freaking motor. It just, just doesn't work. And so our, forgive me for asking, cause I don't know that the whole, it's like, I'm excited to have you on the show. Is, is the, the $9,000 super stock motor and the $15,000, are those both legal motors? Like you wouldn't yep. build an illegal motor, obviously. No, I don't. I had one guy, one guy called me up and he goes, I need a Midwest mod motor. I said, okay. I said, what do you, what do you want in it? Well, I got some six inch rods. I said, you can't run six inch rods in the Midwest, but I'm on them in there. I said, well, I said, there's no purpose to that. I said, it's not legal. And he said, the phone went click. So he, he went somewhere else. Oh, geez. Let's, what's his name? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to make a tech guy's life easy the next, next April when he pulls into the tech shit, but. Uh, right. Something like that, a guy's already figured out. Like they're, if, you're, if you win that consistently, you're going to get or down something like that's going to get figured out right away, isn't it? Right. If if you're gonna if you want to build customers that get to the front and win national titles, you can't be cheating because oh. sooner sooner or later they're going to take it apart. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so then price range wise like what is if i if i want to run a streeter and i just i just want to get industry i don't i don't need parker's motor but i just want to race a street stock what is what is that motor going to cost me yeah it's still about nine thousand dollars almost yeah so it's bigger get... 10 grand motor wise i'm going to be 10 grand that should be my budget kind of a thing because then afterward yeah. yeah yeah you know like i said i dyno every motor so there's cost of the dyno sure and then we got to buy a carburetor. We got to buy a distributor, plug wires, right. you know, a few, you know, some other parts to make it run. So it's just not, you just can't look at, okay, the motor costs 10 grand or nine grand. It's like, it's all the other parts that yeah. add up in a hurry. You know, the carburetors range from, I don't even know if you can buy a carburetor anymore for 700 bucks, but it's anywhere from, I suppose, 800 to $1,400 for a carburetor. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, I'm super happy. The more I talk to you, Frank, the more happy I am to be the announcer. 
<laughs> yeah, well, maybe we should edit some of those numbers. <laughs> well, we'll just we'll bleep them out. Bleep, 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 like swear words. Uh, yeah. uh, well, and, and so this is uh, the real date. What is today's date? November second. That is. Yep. Those are the prices on November second, subject to change. Pending availability and and demand. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. the bad thing is is the price of uh, any metal is going up. Oh, it's crazy. Daily. daily. So I'm sure they're going to change after the first of the year on us. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Or if not before, yeah. that's the first of the year is still two months away, and there's plenty of time to have. Yeah. Have there. I, I I've seen the prices of the bodies just for the street stocks, and I think they went up at least 150 bucks. I think, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't keep up on those costs, but I didn't think it cost. Aaron Blacklance posted some numbers and on Facebook. I don't know if Scott Williams he's posted his numbers yet or not, but both the guys build really good bodies. But it's the only reason why they're raising them is the material cost. Everything's not there. like. Yeah, it's not like they're making any more money. They're just right. cost same with the same same with the engine bills. They're just the parts costs just keep going up. The labor is about I charge the same labor I've been charging for the last probably two to three years almost. Yeah, it's it's the world we're living in, man. I, who knows where it's going to go? I sell heavy equipment is what is what I do for my job, and and our prices they've been pretty steady all summer long, but I think soon there will be some major league increases in my industry and that's it's not good for anybody it's just sucks i think but it is what yes, it is. But especially if you're on a commission-based salary exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, okay so uh one of our segments that we always have in the show here frank is is called the myirma.com rapid fire questions um, .com. If you if you don't know, if you've been watching the show, then you know. But if if you don't know, myirma, E-R-M-A dot com. Uh, you can go on there. All of these big toter homes and semis. And if you're a company that has a fleet of trucks, um, every one of those needs to be DOT compliant and, and make sure that as it's rolling down the road and you get pulled over by a state trooper and he decides to inspect your wheel bearings on your trailer or if you have windshield washer fluid or your wipers are good or you got your triangles in the back seat or whatever it is, all of those things, my Irma comes in, they do a mock audit, make sure that you are, you're good to go to roll down the road legally. Um, and they do all that at a much lower cost than what the, the fine is for being illegal driving down the road. So give them a call, make sure yeah. your stuff is, and it's, this is the off season. This would be the time to do it for all the guys that have those big breaks. So uh, give them a call. They are more than happy to come out and make sure you're good to go. So here is rapid fire question number one for Mr. Frank Zuli, engine builder extraordinaire. Uh, what is your favorite fast food? Uh, probably Taco Bell. Oh, that is the wrong answer. That is the <laughs> wrong answer. Oh my goodness. It's my well, least favorite. Well, I I have diabetes type two, so I got to eat certain foods. And I bet you that's, do. Yeah. That's, that's one I can, you know, get by with. It can get by with. All right. All right. Yep. Well, you get a pass then. <laughs> uh, what was your, you said you graduated in 1990. That makes you about 49 years old or so. Uh, the yeah, only reason yeah. I know that is because I graduated in, in 1991. I'm a year behind you in school. So sure. Yeah. What was your favorite subject back in school? 
uh, I really, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but I really didn't take any automotive shop classes in high school. I would, yeah, that does, like, I would imagine you were hanging out down in the shop end of the school the whole time. No, never even worked on anything like that. I worked on stuff at home. I don't know, I, I had friends I used to watch them work on stuff, and so I guess I took some business classes. But and, and those were your I like fun classes for you. Yeah, some were pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. math class was good too. I would imagine being an engine builder, it's all like that's a shit ton of math. Like that is just math. All of those instruments yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah, you got to know how to read a mic. Yeah, for sure. So, um, see, and I just hold a mic. Um, sure. <laughs> bad, bad dad humor right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your favorite wintertime activity? Uh, well, Snowmobiling is all right. We used to do that when I had time. <laughs> <laughs> Engine building. That's my favorite wintertime activity. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Answering the phone saying, yes, it'll be there on time. I hope. <laughs> uh, what is what is Frank Zuli's hidden talent? We obviously know that you are a great engine builder. What is something that people may not know that you are great at? <laughs> I don't know about that question. Maybe we should ask Wendy, sitting off screen there, what is Frank super good at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can cook, I guess. That's awesome. That's yep. Just following a recipe. That's. I hate cooking, but I'm like, if you give me the recipe, I can figure it out. That's always Mother's Day gift every year to my wife is some sort of big fancy meal that she would like that I typically, my wife and I don't like the same foods. Like she likes seafood and shrimp and all that kind of crap. And I hate that stuff. So I usually sure, cook yeah. some sort of really cool mushrooms should never be eaten. Oh, <laughs> right there with Taco Bell. Um, okay. What is your most annoying celebrity? Hmm. really there's there's a lot of them that i can yeah think. there's a lot of them i don't <laughs> i don't i i really don't pay attention to that stuff i don't really have one that i really hate you know some of those hmm. i feel like right on the tip of your tongue you want to say something about like, well, I'll just tell you mine. Mine's Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't. In the last year or so, it's Joe Biden. But, yeah, but I don't consider him a celebrity. No, you know, he should be. A, he should probably, you know, he's he's way under celebrity <laughs> status in my book. So yeah, we exactly. can we can pick on him. Yeah, exactly. It was it was funny at the topless nationals. Uh, I don't know if you were at the topless nationals, but the whole let's go Brandon chant started up in the grandstands and somebody had the big banner about Mr. Biden. And there was a car that was a red flag and there was a car down on the track that heard it. And he like started like revving his engine up to the chant of let's go Brandon. It was crazy. It was Jeez. giggling my butt off. But yeah. Okay, yeah. Before we get ourselves in a lot of trouble here. Uh, the last segment, we always do the last segment, is the Ryan Benjamin Edina Realty Pay It Forward question. Uh, Ryan Benjamin, a, a good friend of racing, um, real estate guy in the sort of central Minnesota, mostly in Elk River, Monticello, 
St. Cloud, that whole area right there. But I know that he does stuff everywhere throughout the state. Um, I'm way up in Brainerd. You're over in Hutchinson. You would absolutely go to those places if you got some property to sell or a building or a business or uh, I know he does commercial and residential everything. So give Ryan Benjamin a call or look him up on Facebook. Um, he's he's a good guy and a big supporter of, of dirt track racing. So um, your pay it forward question. My last guest gets to ask you a question. You're going to ask my next guest a question. Uh, my last guest was the the Wasota Modified National Champ, the one TPO of Tyler Peterson. His hmm. question for you was, what is the biggest horsepower and biggest torque that you've ever built on the dyno? Yeah, I think it was a big block Mopar motor. And I think it was, you know, I think the horsepower was like, 615 the torque was 640. that's pretty it was, that's it, nice it was for a street motor. yeah it was just it was just for a street car you know what but it's the guy guys always think they want more horsepower than they need they want the numbers but then you give them that much and it's like holy cow they say it's like i didn't realize it was so, that twitchy right right it's you get over 500 horse on a street car you got you got you know you get your hands full sometimes yeah, yeah. Um, so there, I used to announce, um, up here in Brainerd, there's a, like the Brig International Raceway, BIR, Brainerd International Raceway. I, for one whole summer, I was the announcer, one of the announcers for the drag, like the bracket racing yep. and all that other kind of stuff. A lot of those guys are building big giant horsepower. And one of the other announcers, um, had been a, uh, a general manager of a Dodge, you know, a, a Dodge dealership. And so he got this here, all these numbers. And this is way back, would have been like 06, 07, something like that. And we were we got to talking about exactly what you're talking about is people think they were like, I need a you know 700 horsepower engine in my streetcar. And he said, well, then Dodge did that. They built the Viper, a yep. no traction control, no assists whatsoever, and 750 horsepower right out of the damn show floor. And he said two years or two or three years after the Viper had come out, Dodge released these numbers that 17% of every Viper ever sold never made it home from the dealership because it got crashed or totaled on the way. 17% of all right. of the cars right. got wrecked, you know. Well, I always tell people that Part of driver's education class, you should take probably 15 to 20 laps on a dirt track to figure out what a car would actually do. Because most people do not know how to react when the car goes sideways or slide it or, starts yeah. getting loose. Yeah, they just panic and hit the brakes, and then it gets worse. Yeah, yep. That's the you can't steer or or get out of your way if the wheels aren't turning. So yeah, you got you can't sometimes you just got to wait for the car yep yep and sometimes that still puts you in the ditch but at least you're a little less far into the ditch unless you if you hit that brake <laughs> that is uh that's a guaranteed you're going in the ditch but okay so my next guest uh is a guy that maybe you're super familiar with as well uh his name is jeremy nelson and there's there's two jeremy nelsons this is the number four jeremy nelson in the modified class there's also 06 Jeremy Nelson. So this is Alexandria 
not Zimmerman, sure. Jeremy Nelson. And so what would your question for Jeremy Nelson be? So he runs a runs the AMOD class. He does, yep. With yeah. soda modified. Yeah. Um, what is the scariest thing he's ever done in that mod? That's a good question. What is moment? That's a great question because that's it'll be interesting. Yeah, it could be. What that it could be. Yeah, it could be anywhere. He could either piled it up or he could have rolled it or or almost. Yeah, like when I was racing a street stock, I go flying in the corner and a freaking steering wheel comes off. It's kind of like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not kind of oh no. That's oh no. Yeah. 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 yeah I would think, like I've I've never done the speeds that you like. I race ice race, so it's like we're doing fifty miles an hour maybe. Um, right. Uh, especially in my class, the studded classes are doing faster than that. But in my class, you're maybe doing fifty miles an hour. And, and I've had some like, oh no moments there where exactly what you were just talking about, you come into the corner and this was supposed to happen and it didn't happen. And so now here comes the snowbank at you and you have those right. fucker moments kind of thing. I would, I would think an almost crash would be a scarier moment than an actual crash. Like once you're crashing, the suspense is over and then it's just a then it's just a sad moment because you're spending lots of money with every roll of the car or every hit, bounce off the concrete, but an right. almost crash, I bet you is pretty scary. So, Right. Well, they, they say when you're rolling a car and it's up in the air, it just get, goes quiet until you get I, I can confirm that. I have, I have, <laughs> uh, I rolled a street car. I've never rolled a race car, but I've, I rolled my street car one time, actually kind of down by your neck of the, the neighborhood down there. And, and it, it's exactly like, there's the old expression, I knew I lost control the moment it got quiet. And that's that was 100% what it was. There was a, a car and I pulled out to pass him and I passed him and the guy in front of him made a left turn right into my right or yeah right rear quarter panel. And it sent me sideways and right down the asphalt, I, I rolled three times at whatever I was, you know, 75 or 80 miles an hour. And, yeah. uh, and the first time it was upside down, it was like, it seemed like 20 seconds of complete silence. Now I know logically it was probably 0.2 seconds of quiet, but it was all I all I remember is things floating in the air and then bam, bam, bam. It was I didn't like it at all. So right. Yeah. Well, man, I think I could talk to you for a long time. I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh someday we'll we'll meet up at a racetrack. Do you do you get to many racetracks where you're actually watching your guys run? Yeah, mainly, you know, I go to Jamestown in the fall. You know, obviously, I went to the 100 this year. Yep. Um, I go to Wilmer a little bit. I go to Montevideo some. Sure. Go to Alexandria some. You get up um, to St. Cloud? I know the announcer can get you great seats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been to St. Cloud a little bit. Yep. Awesome. Well, the next time you're up there, come and knock on my door and say hi. All righty. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and, and uh, I look forward to seeing more Zuli's motor stickers on the, uh, or Zuli's performance engines, right? Zuli race engines. Zuli race engines. Perfect. I yeah. look forward to seeing that sticker. 
All right, when when's this gonna air? Uh, we'll you'll probably be all of them are delayed. You're probably three weeks or so. I don't put them on. It's all of this is for Dirt Race Central, and so sure. um, so our our great friend Ben Crookton is the guy that decides when when your show airs, and so. As soon as you see Tyler Peterson on the show, the very next week or the, like within three, four days of Tyler Peterson, your show will be on. So I'm guessing three weeks. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, I'll tag you in it. I'll find you on Facebook and I'll tag you in it so that you see it. All right. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. You bet.